to the DeCesare Group Podcast. I'm your host, Jim DeCesare, and thanks for joining us. This week's guest is my friend, Dr. Terry Daniels, and we're going to discuss the importance of executive leadership coaching. But first, hit up the DeCesare Group on Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, on our website, thedeCesareGroup.com, and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review to let us know what you think. Now, in this episode of the DeCesare Group Podcast, I sit down with my friend, Dr. Terry Daniels, an accomplished executive and entrepreneur with over 27 years experience in Fortune 500 companies. Dr. Daniels, a certified focal point business and executive coach, is the founder of Competitive Edge Business Solutions, Inc., operating as Focal Point Business Coaching of Kentucky. His expertise in strategic organizational growth and employee engagement coupled with a dedication to diversity and inclusion, makes him a sought-after partner for executives and entrepreneurs alike. My conversation with Dr. Terry Daniels is coming up next. At the DeCesare Group, we understand the power of effective public relations in driving business growth and success. As a family-owned firm based in Bowling Green, Kentucky, we are committed to providing comprehensive PR solutions tailored to businesses of all sizes and their unique needs. Explore our solutions at the DeCesare Group. From crafting compelling content and amplifying your brand's voice through social media marketing to enhancing your online presence as a Wix icon partner, we've got you covered. Leverage our strategic business and economic development expertise, expand your reach with digital advertising, and capture attention with professional graphic design. The DeCesare Group has a proven track record in political consulting, developing successful campaigns and strategic solutions. For a limited time, the DeCesare Group is offering 25% off our standard social media package. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Partner with the DeCesare Group for effective solutions that drive your business forward. Hey, Terry, thank you for being on the DeCesare Group podcast. We're glad to have you here. Oh, man, it's awesome to be here. Thanks so much. Well, you know, uh, again, full disclosure, another book club member here on the podcast. So I think we've had... More than half on. Oh, wow. We're getting close to it. That's good. So thank you for being on. And and we want to talk about leadership coaching. And uh, tell us about how executive leadership coaching contributes to the overall success and performance of individuals in leadership positions within a business. Oh, man, that's a great question. I think, you know, when I think about executive coaching and how it impacts the leadership, the leadership team, the entire organization as a whole, Really, I think the leader is almost the catalyst which draws and drives all activity, mm-hmm. right? And so if the leader is tepid or timid or struggling, the entire organization follows the rhythm. That's a word that I use quite a bit in coaching. The The organization follows the rhythm of the leadership, especially if they have uh, gained that that position and authority, right? And so if the leader is off, Mm -hmm. the entire organization is off. So where coaching comes into play is what I try to do is try to make sure that the leader understands that that their role establishes the brand of the organization. Right. And so if you coach the leader, whereas they may go get some training, I'm a believer, I love training, I sell training, but training is a short shelf life. Right. Right. Coaching is that that continuous cadence of looking at yourself on a regular, frequent basis. And the more that leader looks at themselves, 
the more they're able to grow themselves, which ultimately grows the organization. So uh, what I'm hearing is is the, the culture of an organization starts with that, that individual leader. Absolutely. And it doesn't take long to either get it in rhythm yeah. or throw it off. Again, I'll use that word quite a bit. Either the person gets it in rhythm or throws it off. And if they're off, coaching can help them get back in rhythm, which ultimately gets the organization back in rhythm. Uh, is attitude part of that leadership training? Because, you know, I've always said that that attitudes are contagious. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I know we're talking about coaching leaders, but is, is the attitude part of it a, a big concept in, in leadership coaching? Absolutely. There was a study done several years ago uh, by the Carnegie Institute, mm -hmm. and over 4,000 leaders across the world were part of this study. And they looked at all of the key components of leadership, and they had them to identify those key attributes. And, and the question was, is it skill? Is it knowledge? Is it attitude? And what percent is attitude to your question? And they found that skill was about 9%. Knowledge was about 6%. So that left 85% is attitude. <laughs> wow. And so if a leader's attitude is wrong and off and, and out of rhythm, the entire organization is. And that's a real study that's got a lot of validity to it. Wow. So uh, can, you, can you talk about some specific skills and competencies that executive leadership coaching um, aims to develop and how these skills translate into tangible benefits for the organization? Sure, sure. I think one of the things that I try to focus on, number one, is, is purpose. Mm -hmm. Again, I know there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of contact out there. And, there. There's that why. Okay. Yeah. But I think if I am not grounded with a purpose, it, and it's going to be hard for me to establish a direction for the organization. So purpose, I think the other thing is vision. Uh, that's a key component of, of leadership. You've got to be able to cast the vision uh, but then you've got to also strategically execute. So strategy, I mean, I, I guess everyone's trying to identify strategy, uh, strategic leaders uh, in their organization. And everybody's asking, how do I get more strategic? So that's a key component. I would say you got that strategy. Then I would say that communication. Yeah, always. <laughs> how can I, how, I may know what I'm doing, but how do I articulate it? and gain fellowship. I mean, so it's that uh, ability to communicate so that you gain fellowship. And I think lastly, beyond communication, it is, is that relationship building. Mm -hmm. Relationship building and a leader that can relate at the senior level, the board level, uh, the intermediate uh, manager level, but can they relate on the floor? Yeah. Can the person come up to them and, and have a conversation that's, you know, about my grandchild or my uh, family? Yeah. That relationship building is critical to building and that, the culture. That's, that's that old leadership by walking around uh, concept, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, you talk about purpose, and uh, I, I've always felt really strongly about this, is that if you aren't passionate about you, what you do, you, you really, that purpose isn't there. Yeah. As much, uh, I mean, it, there's there's still a purpose. Obviously, you want to you want to provide for your family, put food on the table, make a living, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But but it, it's it's more about passion. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and having a passion for the the things that you're doing, whether you're in a leadership role mm-hmm. or or a, a different role. Mm-hmm. And and how does how does that passion play into the purpose and the strategy, vision, and communication and relationships? Sure, a lot of the things that I've done in my past, obviously, my background from my dissertation PhD was in the inclusion space. Mm-hmm. And what I try to show leaders and organizations uh, when I do org design work, uh, what are your core values? What are the core values? Uh, you got all these activities. you got all these policies. you got all these things you've got in place. If there's not a consistent connection to the core values, that's why they call them core. Yeah. If there's not a consistent connection from top to bottom, day in and day out, to the core values, nothing else you have matters. So that passion is going to be birthed out of establishing those core values throughout the organization, speaking them, not just putting them on a placard on the wall or putting them on our website to say these are our core values. No, these things are real. These things are true. And I don't need a lot of, I hate to say it this way as an HR professional, I don't need a lot of policy if I own my core and live my core. Right. Those core values are critical. With the organizations you work with over over the years, have you seen a, a disconnect between um, – we, we know a lot of good organizations have mm-hmm. those core values, but maybe the C-suite is, is living by them, mm-hmm. but uh, those, you know, down on the floor – uh, uh, at the lower levels may not be, they, they might not be brought to their attention as mm-hmm. much as they should be. Uh, so is when you have a disconnect like that, where, uh, the core values are very important at this level, and then they're, they're really not even known at mm-hmm. another level. How does that impact an organization? I think the question that people on the floor are always asking about leadership. And that one question is, can I trust you? Yeah. And and that trust is established because the core values are not just at one level. They're talked about on a regular basis. They're talked about in board meetings. They're talked about on the floor. They're talked about in the break rooms. And so it's a translation from the context up at the top all the way through to the floor. Having worked on the floor, I worked at Logan Aluminum for 11 years swing shift. Uh-huh. And so I know that floor. You've been there. <laughs> I know that floor world, right? And we're always asking, can I trust leadership? And that's a daily question right. that leadership must be intentional about answering. It, it kind of, uh, you're bringing up some, uh, we, we just finished a book by Stephen Covey Absolutely. called Trust and Inspire. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we did. And, and, and that's really where today's workforce is going. Mm-hmm. You know, it once as as the book talks about command and control, that mm-hmm. was the way it used to be. Absolutely. Now that you know, people have so many options. You you got to be able to trust your leader, and they got to inspire you to be a part of that organization. Leadership is always answering the question: Can I trust you? Yeah. And if I don't know how to build that, then there is the beginning base because a lot of organizations will have. These three consistent values, trust, dignity, and respect. Mm -hmm. If you look at any uh, core values in any organization, you're probably going to see those three probably more repeatedly than others. So trust is key to these uh, new new employees that's coming into the world. And, you know, I'm a a 
big Patrick Lencioni fan oh, yeah. and, and, you know, his ideal team player book, it's all about being humble, hungry, and smart. Absolutely. And, you know, having that trust, dignity, and respect goes right along with all that. And, you know, you want uh, leadership is a, is a top-down uh, function. And, you know, if you have a leader that is not doing things right, it's just going to trickle on down eventually. So in your experience, what are some of the common challenges that executive face, executives face in today's uh, business environment? And how does coaching help address or mitigate those challenges? I think one of the things that I see, especially at the C-suite level where I do some work, is that that leader is almost in isolation. And isolation is one of the uh, biggest drainers of everybody's energy because they don't have an outlet, right? They, Who do they talk to? Who do they bounce ideas off of? Because everybody's catering to them above them, right? Everybody's trying to get on their good side. So who does that leader have an outlet to? And so what I found, uh, especially in my practice, is that coaching creates that space for that leader to have that one-on-one confidential space where they can voice and their pains, their frustrations, their struggles, but yet that, that counterbalance of coaching keeps directing them and guiding them. I've got one individual that I worked with in one organization, and he took a senior uh, executive role in another location, and he basically said, I'm not going anywhere w- without you the rest of my life Be- because <laughs> yeah. they need that outlet. They, whether they try their spouse at home, significant other or some friends, it's not the same. I need my own personal space. And what coaching does is give that executive leader, that that owner, that business mind their outlet. Does do those conversations uh, sometimes turn out to be? And I don't want you, you know, to talk specifics about individuals, but I, I could see how a leader could be stuck on something mm-hmm. because they think their way may be the only way, mm-hmm. and they're getting pushback from their their team. And having a, an executive coach like you, can they, can they come to you and talk to you and say, listen, here, here's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And from an, give an outside perspective on, well, you know what, your team, you might want to listen to your team. <laughs> yeah. I think there's uh there's two things. It's like that, individual group think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's two things I typically do. One, I'm, I'm looking at the leader and wondering how do I shape them right. and their readiness for their organizational leadership. Right. But the other thing is to be that uh, additional voice. I mean, me, 30 years experience in the work world with global responsibilities has allowed me to see a lot of different things. Right. So I'm able to give them a perspective. But I think, uh, Jim, the number one thing that has been beneficial is to sometimes I have to hit them between the eyes. Yeah. And say, you're missing it, dude or, or lady. You're missing it. And if you don't step back and, to your point, listen to what your team is saying, you're going to miss the opportunity to grow your organization and grow your culture and ultimately hit that bottom line growth that you're seeking. Yeah. That is vital information from what your team is telling you. All right. So key word there, or key, key phrase, bottom line growth, mm-hmm. which brings me to my next question. How can businesses measure uh, the ROI 
and investing in the executive leadership coaching program? And, and are there some specific metrics or indicators that, that demonstrate the impact of this training on organizational effectiveness? Sure, sure. I, that's, a, that's a good question. I think it's one that's often asked mm-hmm. because where's the return if I let you co- become my coach? What's the return? I think the one that I've seen the most is retention. I, I need to retain my organization's talent and retention is the measure because as the leader goes, so goes the organization. Right. So I really, retention is key. Minimizing that turnover, uh, I think that that's, that's one of the most critical ones. I think the other thing is if there's a high correlation between employee engagement and ROI, mm-hmm. there's a high correlation between the two. So good leadership affects engagement. Right. And so the way you're going to measure effectiveness of coaching is return, uh, retention of leaders, retention of talent, mm-hmm. and then that engagement, which ultimately hits the bottom line. It is a journey to go from coaching to ROI and try to figure out what is the true measure. But it really is that retention. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I had uh, one one leader that I started working with, the organization was almost at a crossroads with their continuance with this individual mm-hmm. because they moved him from from an engineering director position to an operation director position. Okay. And that transition is not always easy. Especially when you have an engineering mind. Exactly. <laughs> and so I began working with him. And, and over time, he got stabilized in the operational leadership role. And since then... He's had at least two promotions. Nice. All because he was able to get grounded in the leadership acumen, not just his uh, engineering discipline and, and, and acumen. That combination is what makes the difference. That, that's awesome. And, and talking about retention, um, as, as an HR person, you know that um, your, your bis- biggest expense in any operation is, you know, your people. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest expenses with the people is onboarding, absolutely <laughs> turning over. You know, <laughs> if you turn over employee, you got to bring a new one on, and and there, there's a lot of costs in that. So if uh, if if some good executive leadership coaching uh, can uh, reduce uh, turnover rates, mm-hmm. you, you, it's paying for itself. Excellent. Well, I think it's one of those things where I. We are trying to get to that bottom line. That's the end of it all. I mean, even if I'm coaching or whoever's coaching, the goal is improving the organization, mm-hmm. you know, such that they are successful as leaders. Everybody that works there is successful. And I think in addition to retention is I develop a culture that is attractive to other people that want to work for us, right? Yeah. So that is a key piece of, of all that we do. So I'm trying to attract talent, right? So if I if there's noise out there that says, man, you don't want to work for that company because people don't leave organizations, as they've said, people leave leaders, right? That's right. And so I don't want to be, be part of the brand that makes people say, I don't want to work for company A. So this is where you make the big impact. And, and whether if leaders want to believe it or not, if you're listening to this podcast and and you're in a in a in a role where you're in charge, uh, more and more employees are 
shopping for their employers mm-hmm. instead of the other way around. Absolutely. Because they're looking for places that meet uh, their culture uh, requirements, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the environment that they're going to work in, the, the people that they're going to be around, the culture that that organization has. That, that, believe it or not, there are a lot of people out there that will study an organization before they even throw in an application. Yeah, yes, they will. And, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of turned things. It, things have turned around, yeah. you know. Yeah, I've got to take care of my home and I got to take care of my family. Everyone is in the same building for the same purpose. Right. I need an income to take care of my home and my family. Who's going to help me accomplish that? Mm-hmm. But you, but you want to do that in a way that uh, uh, that feeds your passions. It, it, it really is all about feeding your passions. And again, thinking about the space of coaching and executive coaching, business coaching, leadership coaching. That's just my passion. Yeah. Right. It, it's my, I mean, I've been a pastor for more than 30 years. I mean, I've been in HR for more than 30 years. Doing this is passion. You're right. And, and it's, and it, to me, it's easy. It's fun, but it's, it's the ability to deliver results to the leader organization such that everybody wins. And, you know, there are a lot of leaders that are in roles that uh, they're really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But they suck with people, well, <laughs> and that's what keeps you in business, right? They're, they're, I, I mean, let's just be called the way it is. <laughs> there's the assumption that the technical talent automatically brings along the leadership acumen, and that and that's a falsehood, right? right? So this is where coaching comes in: is the balance between the technical expertise and and building up that leadership acumen so that I am bringing more value to the organization. All right. So uh, given the evolving nature of the business landscape in today's world, um, this is really increasingly important for our organizations to prioritize coaching as part of their talent development and succession planning strategies. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, at least with a lot of the companies we work with, that there are a lot of individuals at an age now where they're they're planning, mm-hmm. you know, they're strategizing who's going to take over yeah. after I'm gone. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Well, I think it's it's one of those things where, as an HR professional, I've used coaches before in my organizations. This can't be uh, an event. Coaching can't be a one event. It's got to be part of a larger strategic initiative that's tied to the organizational's direction, goals, visions, bottom line growth, right? And so if you only do coaching or training as activities without understanding what you want to achieve from them, then you're gonna miss the point of growing your organization, right? So if I look at my talent in leadership, who's on the bench? that's ready to go grow. Right. What's their readiness timeline? Is it 18 months? Is it three years? Is it five years? And if I want to shorten that time frame of their readiness, what do I put in place? Do I put in training? Do I put in coaching? Are there individual development plans? How do I use my performance management processes? How do I use all of that and make it strategic Versus just being a one-off event, not knowing why I did it, and it's not tied to anything that I'm trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So succession planning is all about making sure that I, it's truly intentional. You made me think of something here, and you probably see me smiling. Uh, have you ever wondered why 
I'm going to use sports teams as an analogy, mm-hmm. uh, football or basketball, that some of the best basketball and football coaches were players, but they weren't the best players. Yeah. Or not even – a lot of times you never even heard of them. Like, I didn't know he played for them. Yeah. That's uh, th- Those are the type of people that, that kind of rise to the top mm-hmm. or the ones that really aren't aren't the 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 greatest at doing the specific tasks, but they understand uh, the mechanics yeah. of what needs to be done and how to lead people to do it. And, and maybe to that point, Jim, maybe they had time on the bench <laughs> yeah. to study and assess, <laughs> yeah. you know, how this is really working, which a work to their advantage, right. B position them to be more effective coaches. Right. So I think there are times when, if a person is able to step back and look at their world, they're not in the forest, they're outside, as they as they say, you're working on your business, you're not working in your business, right. right? So if we can get out of the middle of the forest and on the outside looking in, we have a much better view. Yeah, you want to be a peak performer. Okay, so we've talked about, I, I want to throw one more thing in here before we go, and I know we've talked about executive leadership coaching, but I have found uh, good organizations they don't, they don't even they don't not only work on leadership but they work on their team as well with mm-hmm. professional development and team development and uh, you know giving them the, the tools they need to not be successful exactly necessarily in what they do day to day but how they deal with people how they deal with each other how they work within the organization etc can you can talk about that a little bit yeah i think it's i think it starts with just doing the organizational design, I'll use Logan Alumina, for instance. Mm-hmm. Again, they started that organization with a team concept, high-performance work system, brand, mentality, mindset, and everything they did invested in that structure because they understood that structure was going to help them achieve, right? right? And so I think when we're looking at teams, we're looking at individuals, we do it holistically, and every piece of the puzzle matters. Everything in the organization matters. There's my word rhythm again. Right. Everything in the universe is in rhythm. Cadence. Is that cadence. <laughs> Everything in the universe is in rhythm except human beings. Yeah. And my goal is how do I get us all in the rhythm so that we're all accomplishing? So the team is only uh, made up of a lot of parts that we need to get in the right direction, same direction. So if uh, anybody's listening and they want to learn more about uh, what you do and, and finding out more about how you do it or talking to you, what what where 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 can we find you? <laughs> well, you can go to terrydaniels.focalpointcoaching.com. Uh-huh. Uh, that's my website. That's the easiest way. Or you can always find me, Terry Daniels, on LinkedIn. Uh, I am there all the time. I oftentimes call myself the rhythm coach. All right. And so, so terrydaniels.focalpointcoaching, F-O-C-A-L-P-O-I-N-T, coaching.com. That's the easiest way to find me. I'll put your uh, address in my show notes. And uh, if you're the rhythm coach, I need to give you a pair of drumsticks. <laughs> well, I'm not that kind of rhythm coach. I'll tell you right. what. You don't, you don't want me playing any instruments. Okay. Well, hey. I can sing with you, but I can't play with you. Uh, deal. We'll take that. You got to have some rhythm to sing, too. Absolutely. Hey, appreciate you being on the DeCesar Group podcast. All right, Jim. Thanks so much.
Thanks to Dr. Terry Daniels for joining us on the DeCesare Group podcast. If you want to learn more about Terry and his work, I put the link to his website in the show notes. Hey, before I let you go, make sure you check us out on Facebook, X, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, on our website, thedeCesareGroup.com. If you have any interest in sponsoring the podcast and newsletter, click the link in the show notes for details. Today's program is produced by the DeCesare Group, a full-service public relations and consulting firm. Our engineer and leader of the audio and web divisions at the DeCesare Group is Justin, the tech guy DeCesare, with content contributions from Burke Mattingly and Amy DeCesare. Join us again next time for the DeCesare Group podcast. I'm Jim DeCesare, and we'll see you soon.